0: What is going on everybody? Welcome into episode number 586 of Underground Sports Philadelphia presented by the city of Vineland. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. Excuse me. We got a lot to dive into uh, from the Eagles gearing up uh, post-bye week now for a rematch with the Chiefs. We've got Sixers basketball, Union moving on in the MLS playoffs to take on the number one seed. And uh, we've got a new Daug in town as the PLL has assigned home cities and Philadelphia was granted a new lacrosse team. We'll talk some, uh, some of that as well. You'll get a deeper dive on the Outside the Box podcast with myself and DJ later this week. But we'll talk some uh, a new team coming to our city. But before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI on Twitter Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook.com/slash Underground Sports PHI, Twitch.tv/slash Underground Sports PHI. If you want to watch the show before anybody else does, uh, live on Wednesday nights, like we are now. Uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter at matt castorina. You can follow me at kbizzl311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five star review. On Apple and Spotify it does go a long way for helping us continue to reach new goals and, and continue to grow as a show and as a network so subscribe wherever you get your audio version of podcasts and of course subscribe to the underground sports Philadelphia YouTube channel youtube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia that's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week full video episodes of every podcast on our network live streams we did a ton of live streams uh, on Tuesday uh, which was wildly successful on the channel. So shout out to everybody that came out to those. You get clips, shorts, the whole nine yards is on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/at/undergroundsportsphiladelphia. philadelphia we are at 631 subscribers as of this portion of the episode. Let's try and kick it up. Let's try to get to 650 before Thanksgiving. That would be massive. So go subscribe, uh, and of course. This show is presented by the City of Vineland. And the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community, and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Finally, New Jersey, where it's always growing, season, and big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. What's going on, man? I'm living the dream. The Philadelphia 76ers somehow find their way as the number one uh, portion on the docket tonight as they finally... Get, get cooled off uh, somehow by playing on that red hot court last night. Um, but it's brought to you by our merch partners at PHI Apparel Company. Best merch partners in the game. Black Friday, Cyber Monday coming up quicker than you would believe. Next week, Black Friday uh, and PHI Apparel Company's got you covered from shirts, hoodies. We got some new merch dropping hopefully in time for Black Friday as well. Um, checking in on that tomorrow or today if you guys are listening on audio. Um, so go to phiapparel.co if you want to stand out in the crowd with Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, Union, and, of course, Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast merch from all of our franchises. It's the most effective and direct way to support us and help us continue to grow. Plus, you get to rep the most comfortable merch on the planet. When you get your merch, tag us, tweet at us. We'll repost it. We want to see where you're rocking your merch from. PHIapparel.co, code UNDERGROUND at checkout gets you 10% off any and all merch orders. That's code UNDERGROUND at PHIapparel.co for 10% off your merch. Sixers lose, unfortunately, in an in-season tournament game to the Indiana Pacers. They're back at it, though, against the Celtics tonight. Uh, But they are still atop the, uh, the NBA in terms of record and performance. And Tyrese Maxey, since the last time we talked, Matt, has taken the NBA world by storm. Yeah,
1: he's uh, definitely been one of the standout stars from the start of the season. We talked about this last week when mentioned just what a strong start to the season that has been for the Sixers. It's been because it's part of Maxi's leap. Don't know how sustainable some of the shooting is, but I think in general, you know, this is a guy that we've seen improve every season that he's been in the league so far. And we talked a lot. Remember when Ben Simmons was, uh, you know, sitting out, for whatever reasons that ended up being um, you know, kind of the difference between mentality in their careers between, you know, Ben Simmons and Maxi and the way that Maxi approaches practice and getting better and improvement. Um, so that's been great. I think it is, it's made the transition from, you know, what we were in the summer to now a lot more smooth. And it's honestly given the Sixers, I think a lot more flexibility this season. And it was opened up some options to them that I don't know where, you know, Available, with Maxi being so good, because it means that you don't have to go out and necessarily find a true established second star. You could maybe find someone that complements the team better. You know, I, I just think those were those were all things that we weren't considering in August when we were talking about mm-hmm. Harden holding out. Didn't know what Embiid's future was going to be like if Harden gets traded, and you know we didn't even know what a Harden deal was going to look like because only the Clippers were interested in. Um, so yeah, Maxi taking this leap has has taken a lot of pressure off of uh i think daryl Morey in the front office um you know in terms of having like a really narrow bridge to navigate so yeah it's been great um he's just he's just a lovely lovely player and i'll never forget that doc rivers didn't want to play this guy you know <laughs> can't ever uh can't ever leave that one go but yeah it's, it's been really good this season from him and it's it's the kind of leap that we I don't even know if we really expected him to take this kind of leap. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I th- I think it was it was natural to assume that like when Ben Simmons was out, uh that he was going to improve and you know have the ball in his hands a lot more and I think too, you know, you have to tip your hat to Harden for that too because he's been very complimentary of Harden and the way that he approached the game and he learned things from James Harden and you know I th- I think that matters, you know, when you're with someone who, you know, whatever your opinion of James Harden, he was a very dominant player of this uh this last decade in the NBA. So um, you know, a young guard is going to be able to learn a lot of things from James Harden. So uh, Maxie took a lot of those. <laughs> thankfully, he took all the positive parts and left the um, you know, the, the professionalism and the work ethic uh,
0: maybe maybe out there. But, yeah, it's it's been great for Maxie so far. And, uh, you know, tonight is, a, is one of those early season, like, big games in terms of tiebreakers. You know, when we're looking in April and, and getting ready for hopefully, you know, a playoff run that goes further than the second round. Uh, That remains to be seen, but, you know, you already have one win in hand over the Celtics, which is huge. Um, You get another crack at them tonight, and I think, you know, if you have the opportunity to have an early season, two games in hand against the Celtics, you'll take that at any stretch. Um, And I think, you know, when we look back in March and April when seeding is really starting to take place, that's going to be something that, you know, is going to be looked back on if the Sixers are able to win tonight on Wednesday and uh, have a, a 2-0 season lead over the Celtics.
1: Yeah, and I think, too, you know, it's it's a great lit in this test because you know, coming into the season, I think the Bucs and the Celtics were seen as the two top teams in the East, and the Celtics um, have looked really good. The, the Bucks, you know, have struggled a little bit. I, I don't know that that's too shocking. Um, they were a team that I think gave up a lot of that depth and felt like a team that was more postseason oriented mm-hmm. rather than uh, a team that's going to necessarily dominate the regular season um, but the Celtics you know I, I think we, we expect to be again in and around the conversation of, of Eastern Conference Finals so um, it's a good test to, to put yourself up against this team which has obviously a lot of challenging has presented a lot of challenging options for the Sixers in the past has largely uh, been a, a team that has, has gotten the best of the Sixers so good win last week against them um, it ended up being much closer than it should have been mm-hmm. uh, but I think in general, yeah, it's it's good to have, um, yeah, these these opportunities to play. Early. It always feels like we play Boston like three times within the first month of the season. Them in Charlotte, yeah. Honestly, like, well, Charlotte is like every every game that isn't <laughs> every game in like March and April is against Charlotte. Um, but it always feels like we always play Boston like three times within the first month, three weeks of the season, um, always. But yeah, it's it's good to get that test early and. Um, I think too. You know, like the East is maybe just a little different than, than what we expected it to be, and it, it's early. It's so early in the season that it's it's hard to say, um, because you know you're still just barely you know th- like halfway through November at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, yeah, I, I think again, you know, the, the Bucks maybe not being as dominant as regular season team does open up a potential you know one or two seed, right? You know, I, I think you trust that the Celtics with their team probably going to end up as one of those top two seeds i think it's conceivable that the sixers could also claim one of those top seeds you know uh, the heat are, are obviously going to be around there um you know I, I think those those might be the teams we'll get the bucks i think we'll, we'll get it together but um you know it, we already know the bulls are going to be blowing things up there's going to be i think a little bit of a sweepstakes for some of those castoffs the bucks have spent a lot of their their capital mm-hmm. and so you know you have to consider that, that they're not going to be contenders whereas you know other teams in the east like the sixers celtics heat hawks even um you know, have some assets that they can move to to further improve the bucks are kind of as they are
0: uh, for the most part yeah and i mean uh after tonight can you guess the next time the sixers play the celtics man i looked at this the other day i think it's like january uh december 1st yeah and then i think the final time is uh the end of february yeah it's um it's weird i <laughs> It's it's like when it's like in football where it's like
1: the Eagles just like played Washington and then like two weeks later was playing Washington. You know, it's like it's just so bizarre when that happened. I think they do the same with the Giants too. Yeah, this year we go. uh, It's a lot of times the Giants I've noticed with the Eagles too. Like for whatever reason, they'll play the Giants like week 15. They'll play like week 15 and week 17 against the Giants. Like that's happened a few times over the last few years. Um, So yeah, it's, it's the same with the Celtics, but. I guess in some ways, maybe that's good too. You get the, <laughs> a lot of times you get the pain out of the way early in the year. Um, it's you. Know, the Sixers have been a team over the last few years that have started hot. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, it's not. Um, they've also had years where they've started cold. <laughs> it, there's there's been no uh, no consistency with this team. But you know we've seen them start off strong to uh, a year. Um, we've seen them start out really poorly, um, last year because of, you know, injury and, and, and guys coming back from injury from, you know, from their off season stuff mm-hmm. that they were working like Embiid and, um, you know, they, they had a slower start to the season last year, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, I, I, I do think the mood and the perception of the Sixers is a lot different now than it was even a month ago, um, You know, and it helps too that I think the Clippers have struggled, and I think that's sort of given at least the fans has made the fans feel a little more positive. I don't know if that for what the organization does with any of that, Um, but yeah, I I think you know going forward, you know they're going to be again with the the Bulls potentially moving on from Levine, Caruso, DeRozan. You're going to hear the Sixers in those conversations, and you're going to hear that throughout this year. And again, I think Maxi playing the way he has has changed the nature of those conversations where. Someone like Levine felt like a must-have, mm-hmm. you know. Probably, you know, coming into the years, maybe you don't need to have Levine, and maybe Crusoe right. is your option. You know, like it, it, it gives you options like that. Blue coat's legend, Alex Crusoe. And, and yeah, <laughs> br- exactly. You know, bring him home. Um, you know, we're reassembling the Hinky Squad. To call up Nerlens, uh, You know, whoever else. What's so uh, I, I I saw T.J. Bacado the other night. while We were playing, and I was like, just bring him back. You know, like
0: let's just. Get the band I mean, we are together. we are throwing it back to uh, Hinky era tonight because in your starting lineup for your Philadelphia 76ers, Robert Covington. Yeah, yeah. Where's uh
1: Hollis Thompson? We could use a, we could use some sharp shooting off the bench. That'd be nice. Where's um, Ish
0: Smith when you need him? I I think he's still playing. I'm sure. <laughs> he I'm pretty sure he was on the Nuggets last year. I he was he was yeah. So
1: shout out to to Kelly Oubre too. By the way, um, Defying Death somehow and getting (laughs) struck by a vehicle um
0: which then a weird report came out today i don't know if you've seen i did see
1: that um the headline does the article like no favors because the headline makes it sound like uber like made this story up what i think more likely happened is that he was hit by a car and didn't disoriented didn't quite remember like Again, you know, in a new, new city, a, a new city in. for him. <laughs> Probably didn't remember exactly what street, especially in Center City, where you're like crossing over. It it the headline makes it sound like this is like a like he was in some other thing and he like lied about being in a uh, car accident. I think he just you know maybe uh just gave the wrong intersection at some point. But um, glad he's okay because yes. you know like when you hear someone getting struck by a vehicle, like yeah, it's terrifying. You're you're more worried about like you're just like your quality of life rather than, like, you know, being available to play. Um, so the fact that he made it out with what seemed like just, like, fractured ribs and, you know. Leg bruises. Not, yeah, like, not much. You know, like, that seems, like, kind of, like, best-case scenario in a lot of ways. So glad he's already. Right. It's a bummer, too, because he obviously had such a great start to the season. And mm-hmm. I think he was part of the reason, too. Like, you know, a lot of fans felt really positive about the team is he's played well. You know, he's here on, like, a prove-it deal to try and get a longer contract. Big he's, vibes guy. Yeah, and I, I think – um. You know, it, it's it's a bummer that uh you know he he gets taken out of action in such a freak kind of thing. You know, like you you don't even expect that to really happen. So obviously, hope he gets better. But it sounds like you know, with broken ribs, I don't know what the timeline. Is. He's gonna be reevaluated in a week. Um, don't know exactly when he'll be back. Mm-hmm. But um, he's been a, like a really good contributor so far this season too. You know, and that was that was a signing that everyone could have had a crack at Kelly Oubre. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, that was. You know that really wasn't like Daryl Morey really thinking outside the box. Is like, well, all right, let's give it a shot, and it's it's worked through you know the first six seven
0: games of the he year. He was a that top twenty five player in terms of production go before the the incident happened.
1: Right? Is that going to sustain? No. In the same way that tyrus max is not going to shoot forty three percent from right. three this year, right? Yeah. But um, the fact that you were able to find some kind of contribution off the street is is good and um is a benefit i think it's interesting too because you know obviously the sixers acquire so many you kind of bench pieces through this trade too sixers have never really had insane depth i don't think they have insane depth now but it's it's certainly one of the deeper Sixers teams that we've had um in kind of like the mb era for the last five years it's pretty insane yeah i mean it's you know and i i do think that that matters too and you know you have the the added bonus of nick nurse who when he was hired you know it felt like well This team is going to be good in the regular season, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, under Nick Nurse, right? Like, he's someone that creates buy in, and, you know, we'll see how long that lasts. You know, he's obviously someone that at Toronto, I think some of that magic and that spark ran out at the end. But for the time that he was good and locked in, the Raptors, despite not having amazing players, and the one time that he had an amazing player, he won a championship, you know? So it's like, I think you have to give some credit there. So they've rebuilt a lot of goodwill. I cannot wait to see how they destroy it.
0: Uh, Maybe it starts tonight. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they've they turned people around for them. I was going to ask you, you know, you bring up Nick Nurse. I know it's 10, <clears throat> 10 games into uh, an 82-game season, but your early assessment on how you're feeling about Nick Nurse. Because, for me, it from a coaching perspective and just what you see, like, if you're watching the games, like, the last three years, looking at Nick Nurse now feels like we've we just – punted like quality prime years of so many players careers yeah um turns out off the ball
1: movement is good um passing good passing is is good um yeah i it i think even when you listen to like players talk about nick nurse there's been a noticeable difference in just kind of attitude towards mm-hmm. him and I, I think there was some some jokes made about Doc Rivers and, and some of the, the lack of rigor in some of the practicing and um yeah, I I and even from a fan perspective, no one didn't like the Doc hard to begin with. Right. Um did I love Nick Nurse from the start? Not necessarily, but I think um he's impressed me so far this year. Ultimately I, I think the hardest thing for me buying back in with this team is that it's gonna come down to the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can enjoy the regular season and, and what they give me, but you know this team has found a way to burn us time and time again. Uh, you know in, in May, and maybe Nick Nurse could be you know a positive force of change there. Um, and I do think he is the type of coach that can like maximize talent. You know, we again we saw that with Toronto a lot, um, and he's definitely like someone that that adjusts in game. It feels like to it feels like this team is is much more responsive. How much of that is just like the team is winning, so automatically you feel better, you know? Like, right, if this team was like, if we were six and four, would it feel the same, w- right? You know, would even though you know maybe just a bounce or two goes different or something, you know, like it's just it That's is ironic
0: it, when talking about Nick Nurse, c- <laughs> correct? Um,
1: yeah, you're welcome, but yeah, I, I, I think he's been good so far, mm-hmm. and I, I'm willing to give him credit,
0: and um. Again, I just – I cannot – He kind of reminds me of, like, 2021. Like, obviously it was his first crack at a head coaching job with Sirianni and the Eagles, but, like, he gives off, like, that, like, energy as a coach, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think there's, there's – Like, some he's light-hearted there. and, like
1: – He didn't have a disastrous first press conference
0: where, um, <laughs> you know, people – And he feels, like, easy to root for. Right. And, like, you want – you're, like – for so long we were anti Nick nurse because he was coaching a team that the Sixers would perennially run into in the playoffs and um, uh, you know, the heartbreak in 2019, but Nick nurse now being on the other side of it, it it is complete opposite to with how doc rivers was where like, we hated doc rivers with when he was the head coach of the Celtics and he came here and it was just like, what are we doing? Nick nurse feels like a coach that like you can root for and, it feels like a lot of the teams in this city have started to kind of find coaches like that that are easy to get behind, that are also good at their job.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's Yeah, it's a, it's a tough balance to strike, for sure. Um,
0: Sixers now 1-1 one and one in the in-season tournament. Their remaining games are on the road, if I'm not mistaken, or do they have a split? Um, it's hard to find... They need like a separate tab for the in-season tournament. It's split. Uh, Google, oddly enough, does a decent job in in an unnamed sports score app. Yeah, uh, does not do that. Um, So their their next one is on Friday uh, against the Hawks in Atlanta, and then Tuesday the twenty-first against the Cavs is the final group stage game. So think they still have a shot at winning the group, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we'll see how that plays out. And there's still the, the wild cards from each conference, too. But I feel like a lot... Like, it's funny how everyone was, like, freaking out. Like, what even is this in-season tournament? So, but now it feels like everyone's talking about it. And I feel like that's what the NBA has wanted.
1: Yeah. The, people are, like... People love to like want change and want like progression and stuff, and then like the moment it happens, get upset you know we talked about it with, like you know, the three point line that thought know, that was the death of basketball mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's fine um i again, only consideration i i think is to tone down the courts um I was listening uh there was listening to Zackclo they were talking about like maybe instead of the full court you just made like the runway mm. the color, so like it's still very obviously like you can tell just by looking at this, but it's not as
0: harsh <laughs> or even like the the center court you know change just mute the colors a little bit yeah. i think it's like the biggest thing <laughs> like having a different logo at center court kind of yeah. signifies that too right um i was also talking to some people about this as well i think the biggest thing that will help improve the in-season tournament is changing the name from nba in-season tournament yeah having it like named after a player um would be uh would be a good thing for I was, sure. I, I know was... people
1: have like thrown around like the Kobe Cup, um, something like that. Um, yeah, naming after like. I was joking with DJ
0: today, and uh, he brought up Carmelo Anthony. I was like, "That's perfect because Melo's the ultimate regular season player."
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I unfortunately I think there are some names that would get in ahead of him, but that would spiritually. I think that makes sense. Maybe like the uh, the group stage MVP would be uh, the Carmelo Anthony because he was always the the group stage of the Olympics. Yes, he was always. <laughs> this was
0: really good. Yeah, it, it's like a it's a little golden hoodie. You know, <laughs> I mean we could we could name the trophy after the banana boat. The, the I you could do
1: that. Um, I think some people some conspiratorial minded people would take some offense to that. But,
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean it's. More than likely, I think... I mean, it would be hilarious because he would roll over in his grave if they named it after David Stern. Yeah. The... <laughs> I, I think Stern would like this. Chris Paul would not play in a single in-season tournament game if it's named after David Stern. Well, he... uh. His teammates did a very good job last night of getting, <laughs> uh, getting kicked out of, of games, so... What is it with the Timberwolves and them having just a getting choked out on the court fetish yeah it is weird um
1: well this one I, honestly like cobert was like not really he was just trying to like break something up in and, and draymond just really involved himself i'm curious to see what uh what suspension he gets from this because it, it feels like public sentiment has really shifted on draymond green mm-hmm. um especially like the last year especially like going back to the jordan Poole incident where yeah. people are just I think they're kind of over it, you know, and and over the the antics, and I I I wonder uh, I wonder where it goes from here. But
0: Pepe said on his uh, podcast that came out today, he said nobody likes Rudy anyway.
1: What's weird is like people are rallying around Rudy though, because like his comments have been really funny too. That it's like um, I just saw this one. If if he knew how to how to choke, it could have been way worse. (laughs) I was like called him a clown, and you know said like uh, you know. That you like, Steve Kerr, who like, what is he supposed to do in this situation? Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, uh, but like, kind of defended Draymond. He's like, yeah, of course he did, but he also knows he like Johnny he was he's the biggest clown he's ever had to coach. You know, like, and it's just, yeah. I mean, this is just, um, I don't know. It's, it, you know, what? we just haven't really seen a lot of that in the NBA in like recent years. I, I think a lot of time, like, definitely have like some temper flare and stuff. But I can remember like, Jokic. Pushing, mm-hmm. pushing Morris, right? Like that was a really big and part of it, too, because Morris was injured after that. But you know, like, that was really, you don't really have a lot of these, like, big physical altercations all that much. Um, so it was a little shocking to see that. And then there's another one in the Lakers game, too. Like, just yeah. listen, in season tournament, people are, people hey, are, people are getting heated up about they it. You know, win.
0: it's all about the passion. I did see one that said, uh... us from the future sending Draymond back to 2020 to prevent <laughs> 2020 from happening. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll see what happens with the Sixers tonight against the Celtics. We'll try to keep tabs on it as tip-off is about to get underway uh, at the Wells Fargo Center. Um. But we'll shift gears from the Sixers to the Gridiron. It's brought to you by our pals over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. Sunglasses, blue light glasses, you need them to protect your eyes. And some would say you need sunglasses just as much in the winter as you do in the summer because it's bright. The sun's shining. You need to protect your eyes. Go to TomahawkShades.com or download the Tomahawk Shades app in the App Store or Google Play. And uh, when you go to check out after you fill up your cart, I'm sure Dom will be getting ready to uh, look at the, the snow goggles as well. Uh, that should be back pretty soon, if not already. Use promo code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com or in the Tomahawk Shades app. That's code USP. From our pals at Tomahawk Shades at checkout for 25% off your order. Uh, the Eagles and Chiefs getting set for Monday Night Football. So we get another stress-free Sunday, Eagles fans, uh, back-to-back. And uh, it seems like we're going to have a, a nice meeting of the minds as the Kelseys and the Swifts are finally going to, to meet on the biggest stage, also known as ESPN. Yeah, it's... Um it's started start of a really
1: challenging run uh post by for the Eagles. You know, this was the like the five week stretch that we talked about when we were talking when we first saw the schedule and how uh, how hard it was gonna be and this is where a lot of the tests are and um doesn't get much bigger than this, honestly. You know, Super Bowl rematch and the Chiefs defense has been as, as good as it has been. Um at arrowhead. At arrowhead. I, I this is this this could be, you know, one of the, the games of the year for sure, which mm-hmm. means it's going to suck. Um, because anytime we get one of these really hyped matchups, uh, it just hasn't turned out well. It's interesting because both of these teams, I think, I wouldn't say the fan bases of both teams are in love with their team. You know, I, I think even Chiefs fans have not been critical of, um, you know, like the, the offensive weapons that they have, like outside of Kelly. And even Kelsey's not had a great year. Mahomes has not had a great year, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I feel like Eagles fans are, are pretty critical. The Eagles offense at times and uh, some of the some of the defensive issues that they have. Um Eagles yeah, the I big test against this Chiefs defense, which is really, really neutralized teams and I think it's still gone underrated, I think, how good this Chiefs defence has mm-hmm. been. Um they've been a great like playoff defense, like when it's been time to kinda of lock in and um get really particular with schemes that's that's been their MO. They haven't really been like a great regular season defense, but yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting matchup. I I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um and listen, this is like what's fun about being a great team is you get these these big tests, these big national eyes on it. You know that they're like we're gonna be here next week talking about some kind of narrative that, mm-hmm. that comes out of this game. I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like the NFL this season especially and maybe I like I'm even part of this, but I feel like in general, like people have treated the NFL more and more like college football and that like yeah. college football like each week. It's like new number what you know, because college football, there's so much about
0: the rankings. The rankings even matter like so much. And even like BCS college football where it's right. like, oh, you know, the, the Cowboys beat the Giants 40 to nothing. Right. Like you're doing like schedule scouting style and style points. Right. Meaning like, a team is better than another. It, it
1: has it has felt like really, and I don't know if that's just like the take era, like you have to come away each week with a take, and part of that just involves like, well, this week it's, the Chiefs are on the rise, you know, like, and it's just, but it, it has felt like people have really, after every week, tried to say like, here's your new number one mm-hmm. in the NFL, or here's our top five, and it just... um yeah, it's it's felt that when I think we'll have we'll have some discussion. I think in general, though, you know, again, these have looked like the two best teams of their respective conferences, um, especially like most balanced. And um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun matchup. And uh, listen, Eagles, I, I think have have the ability to win this game for sure. But um, you know, the, the Chiefs have looked mortal at times this year. And you go back to the only Eagles lost this season against the Jets, and that felt very self inflicted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the could be a recipe for this game is that you know a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts in that game you know force like uncharacteristic mistakes from them. we've seen that from the Chiefs defense this year so um, that's gonna be interesting but the mentality of this team I, I think is very strong and you know there's there's plenty of people here still from the Super Bowl and I think there's gonna be that feeling of, of wanting to get revenge but
0: yeah it's gonna be a good one yeah and I mean we talked about this too with the the Dallas Goddard injury what happened last year when Dallas Goddard got injured Devontae Smith stepped up and I think you're going to need that, especially in this game uh, with how well the Chiefs have played and lacking uh, a marquee, you know, tight end, uh, especially with. You're not an Albert Oak-Way-mom, uh <laughs> Jack Stoll, anybody, um, you know, I, I think Devante going to have to step up with those routes over the middle, um, you know, those underneath slant routes and and being able to kind of be versatile in his route tree that we know he can be. Um, but I think it's also going to be up to Brian Johnson to scheme him that way against this Chiefs defense. But I think if anybody's going to be a, an X factor to help propel this Eagles team to victory on the road against the Chiefs, it's going to be Devontae Smith.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you know, last year when, when Goddard was out, he really stepped up in the second half of the season. Um, be interesting to see how A.J. Brown continues on what has been like a career year for him, historic year, honestly. Um, as someone who has AJ Brown in fantasy, I would love to see nothing more <laughs> than to continue, uh, that, but yeah. Um, I, like I said, I, I, I just can't wait for this one. Um, it's, it's a pretty bad week for NFL matchups too. Like there's not a lot of great games. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sucks that we have to wait till like Monday night for it. This would, this would have been a great, like four twenty five yes. uh, game, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one. And like we said, you know, the Eagles after this get even more tests and, um, you get the bills at home and that who knows what that's going to be well like. that's that's taken on like a whole different dimension now um you know the, the bills losing to the broncos and it feels like
0: fired their offensive coordinator that's no
1: longer just like a big matchup that's like a must win game now for the bill you know like the, and they they have you know you talk about hard schedules they have a, a challenging schedule the rest of their way as well um you know they have uh the jets who always give them problems beat mm-hmm. them earlier this year uh at the Eagles, at the Chiefs, home for the Cowboys, at the Chargers, uh, Patriots at home, and then at the Dolphins to close out the season. Wow, like, that's... That's rough. That's a really challenging, you know, end of season there. Um, that so, might be the hardest schedule remaining. Yeah, the, the only um, the only game there that you would say is lot, not going to be much of, of anything is, is against the
0: Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Especially, two, like, at Eagles, at Chiefs. Is, that's rough. That's tough. And, you know... The link's gonna be rocking for that game because it's the second of two Kelly Green games as well. Right. Um man, that's tough. Speaking of fantasy, you and I are now uh brothers in arms with our quarterbacks. Traded for Lamar Jackson this week. Uh I I, I
1: got completely off the Lamar Jackson uh train this year. Um actually I had a terrible time with quarterbacks this season because Same. my one league. I got Josh Allen in my one league. I'm like a total proponent of just go get like a top three quarterback because it makes your life so mm-hmm. much simpler. It's it's amazing what just not having to worry. And I I have Josh Allen a ton of places, and it's like 25 points every week. It's just, it's a great feeling. Um, my other league, though, I had people to like kept taking quarterbacks like right before I went. And so I ended up with Justin Fields, which was a mixed experience. Um, and then I someone dropped Trevor Lawrence. So I was like, oh, like how lucky am I? It was okay, and then last week, two points. So, I'm riding with uh, Brock Purdy. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> um, it has been a journey. The anti, is, anti-agenda. Yeah. Well, it's the Costanza. You yes. know, like, you got to trust the op Whatever I'm feeling, trust the opposite. Um, I'm not ready to put full faith back in fields, but... Yeah, the Lamar train... In general, like in fantasy and in real life, is interesting because the highs are very high. Mm-hmm. Lamar is what I think people think Josh Allen is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people talk about Josh Allen, like he's just real, like volatile, up and down. He just throws picks, and that's also because he's a guy that's willing to risk it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's. Are there NBA players that might have a better three-point shooting percentage than Steph Curry? Maybe, but they're also not shooting fourteen threes a game. You mm-hmm. know, like it's just he—he's such like, a high-volume like, risk it type of quarterback that pays off, and it is going to have drawbacks. But, um, yeah, Lamar is just – it's hard in fantasy because he'll, he'll suck you in with those, like, 36-point weeks, and you're like, this guy is the best football player I've ever seen in my life. And it really feels that way, and then it's 10 points. um, But, yeah, they they blew – talk about a, a game that they – Ruined they my parlay. Absolutely should have had. um, Ravens will quietly have, like, five games like that every year. Yep. They, they already had – they already had a loss earlier this year that was similar. Mm-hmm. That um, they really should have won, and and they didn't. They had that a few times. They had that terrible blown lead against
0: the Dolphins last year. That game against the Steelers. The this Dolphins year.
1: had to score like forty points in the yep. second half. Um, yeah, that Steelers game was like really egregious. Uh, they had a really ugly Colts loss. Um, so yeah, they uh, they do that from time to time. Um. Sean Watson out for the season with Rip a, Bozo with a a broken shoulder bone,
0: bizarre. So yeah, I uh, I had Trevor Lawrence as my quarterback, and in my league he had not registered a twenty point performance yet, um, and up until Monday night I was still firmly entrenched in third place in my league, and then got overtaken when Noah Papiano. That scumbag, just kidding, um, ended up winning because Javante Williams popped off for the Broncos, um, so I was like, I need to make a change, and I traded Trevor Lawrence, and my second round pick next year for Lamar Jackson with a ninth round pick. So you you, ha- you were burned by Trevor Lawrence past yes. week as well. <laughs> uh, to which I, I traded Trevor Lawrence to Mikey Ostrowski's dad. Uh, to which he has since released Trevor Lawrence, so now I am trying to get Trevor Lawrence back as my backup quarterback uh, for a hopeful playoff run uh, behind Lamar, to which it means I only gave up a second-round pick. I've been very aggressive in my one league with trades this year. i typically not a,
1: a trade person, but um, I traded Achan and uh, Olave for Eckler. This mm. is when Eckler was still out on IR. I actually traded this to Dom. Shout out to Dom appreciate it bud. Uh he had HN for a week and then he got hurt. So sorry. <laughs> um and I just today really pushed the chips all in. I I tra- I overpaid, but I I felt like I had to overpay for this player because you're not getting this player without overpaying. I traded Jordan Addison, Rahim Mostert, Ramondre Stevenson for Stefan Diggs. Um I have what I will say is honestly a pretty unassailable wide receiver core. I got Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, and we play two flex, so I'm also able to put, like, Zay Flowers in there. Mm -hmm. So I feel okay. You know, I I think fantasy in general, like, you have to be willing to, like, be super aggressive. Mm -hmm. Like, did I overpay? Yes, but I'm not getting Stephon Diggs unless I overpay, and I had the depth to do it. Um, And I actually think it's – depth is – good for like the regular season part of fantasy football but it doesn't matter like you need the best 10 or 9 man lineup mm-hmm. that you can possibly build in the play like it doesn't matter if you have someone it's actually worse if someone on your bench goes off in you know week 15 right like you need uh the the most i like i know like if i was going against my team not trying to roster me but like i would be like shit that's <laughs> yeah. like
0: there's no um there's no recourse what I'm trying to do with my running backs I I feel like I'm one running back short of like feeling very confident in my team I have Jameer Gibbs who Dan Campbell finally feels comfortable giving the rock to uh my wide receivers Devontae Smith Devontae Adams hopefully builds more chemistry with Aiden O'Connell and Antonio Pierce uh somewhat knowing how to run an offense uh just being Uh, (laughs) not mcdaniels and dk metcalf so i feel good with my receivers and then i have Cortland sutton on my bench if if need be um but right now my my second running back is deontay foreman that's not ideal yeah i'm i'm
1: rocking eckler and i'm waiting on kyron williams to come off ir um it's a little tight it's a little skin after that got Tajay spears starting this week go titans i guess uh (laughs) keaton mitchell total dart throw hope that he turns into something but yeah i, I like i said i i went all in i just i want to win <laughs> I've, and i have kareem hunt on my bench i've i've made championships i've made semi over the last few years in leagues and just like not been able to get it over the line so this year i, I want to um want to get some 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 silverware after yeah, at the end of the season i'm tired of paying to be in a group chat Right, you know, like, you want to win. And, uh,
0: yeah, like, you have to get aggressive.
1: You have to be willing, like, with any trade, I think, in fantasy, like, everyone wants it to be, like, I pulled one over on this, like, these idiots. Like, you have to be willing, like, mm-hmm. you kind of have to be a little afraid to make the trade. You yes. know, like, you kind, of, you kind of, like, there has to be a feeling of, like, I'm not, I'm not sure that I should have spent what I did for Stefan Diggs. But I also know that, like, it it could be the difference, like, having, like, a guy who could be a top five wide receiver is is important. So got to be willing to, you know, I think the the benefit of drafting well is it gives you an advantage in that you can then package things and get, like, real upgrades, Mm -hmm. you know. know, Because in the regular season, then when you have more information, it's easier to predict if someone's going to be good for the rest of the season. Injuries are injuries, right? Like, you can't predict that stuff. That's always going to be part of
0: fantasy. But be aggressive. 100%. Uh, And you can be aggressive if you go to trophysmack.com slash underground, upgrade your fantasy smack talk as we head into the the dog days of the NFL season and fantasy football, uh, you know, getting closer and closer to the playoffs. Upgrade your fantasy smack talk for your league with trophies, belts, rings, uh, metal wall art, a.k.a. uh, wall smack. Uh, They also have turnover chains. Uh, They got the whole nine yards at trophysmack.com slash underground to upgrade your fantasy smack talk. Um, but yeah, Eagles-Chiefs is going to be very, very fun, and we'll see how, you know, the rest of things shake out as uh, the Eagles look to improve to 9-1, and hopefully, uh, come the end of Monday Night Football this week. Uh, but Matt, we we move to the Philadelphia Union. They advance, don't have to play a third game, uh, still have to wait some time to play their next match, but it is... The, uh, the thorn in the side, FC Cincinnati, is next on the docket. Yeah. Um, Earlier this season,
1: drawing a loss against this team. I mean, Cincinnati was one of the best teams in MLS, so hard to really uh, get too upset about that. But in years past, this has been um pretty competitive uh, series between the two. Um, you know, it, outside of, like, the Cincinnati's, like, first few years in the league, you know, when they were uh, an expansion club, you know, it's it's definitely turned a corner, you know, as, as they have. Um, yeah, top seed in the East, you're going on the road. Uh, it's always going to be a challenge. Uh, the last game these two teams played had eight yellow cards and two reds. So, you hope to not see that uh, necessarily. But it's a, it's a big opportunity for the Union to kind of have destiny in their own hands, too. Because if if they went out, you know, they have home field advantage. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm you know, or at least the potential of home field advantage in the uh in the uh, uh the conference final and then, you know, if they get to a um you know, like an MLS Cup final then they could uh they could host that as well. So there it's it's all there for them. Um obviously with the Kai Wagner stuff sort of in the rear view now. You know, he's suspended. Um you know you you did what you had to do in New England and, and get a I don't want to say a comfortable win, but <laughs> you got a win <laughs> Um, after New England had a, a marginal red card, I, I think is fair to say, um, a little bit harsh, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a good game. We only have to wait another uh, week and a half for it.
0: So the scheduling with the MLS playoffs this year has been, to put it lightly, atrocious. Yeah, it's bad. No, nobody seemed to care for it and I, you know I, I wonder
1: um, part of it is you know Apple TV wanted more games and that was, that was part of the deal and uh you know this is in their mind the best way to do that but um it just has not not been I, I think a lot of people have been really critical of it and, and fairly enough because um it's really just too long of a layoff i think mm-hmm. and you know this is when there's an international break so you know you have to wait for guys to get, it just it's it's it's
0: a little too uh stretched out players have also voiced their opinions on it being not ideal either and i think right. that should spark at least some sort of conversation for adjustment for it. I don't know if it gets adjusted after this year. I would hope so, because it like you said, like the layoff in between games for certain teams in the playoffs has been crazy. The the best of three concept was wildly negative uh across the board from everything coming into my like vantage point and from everybody talking about it. It was just not an ideal situation and now you know the last time the union played was wednesday november 8th they played last week and now they don't play until saturday november 25th yeah so it's just a really big
1: layoff and um yeah too i mean you have guys coming back from international break as well and that's always you know a tough thing especially because they're playing in south america playing in europe you know, it's a long flight adjustment it's just it's i mean
0: the mls cup being on december 9th is crazy
1: yeah it's that's it's late in the year i mean it's freezing so you know that's the other thing um for for a lot of the cities so um i don't know it it's weird because the union went came into the playoffs with not the the highest vibes you know this team is has has like let people down in like the the challenging moments and the final stages of tournaments and and cups so um you know now they they find themselves in Position where none of the pressure is on them, really, it doesn't feel like, but it also feels like a, a loss here is sort of feels a little bit like the end of an era because this team is not going to be um, coming back in the same form. Don't even know if necessarily Curtin will be back. Like, there's, there'll be some lingering questions
0: throughout the offseason for the union
1: if, if it ends uh, the 25th.
0: So hopefully they uh, can put some of those demons against Cincinnati to bed because even last year it felt like it was pulling teeth playing against that team. Yeah, absolutely. They're 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 not a um an easy team to play against. Um so we'll see what happens in two weeks. Um but shifting gears there. Uh talk to you guys real quick about our official beer partner, Kenwood Beer. Uh they've been rocking with us for years now and Kenwood Beer, the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia, uh available in the Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, and Maryland areas. Just 4.1% ABV, 120 calories, just 8 grams of carbs. Go to KenwoodBeer.com, use the Kenny Finder to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Maryland areas, or available in your local liquor stores. Also, tweet at Kenwood Beer, tag them on Instagram, let them know where you want to see Kenwood Beer next. They are trying to get it in as many uh, liquor stores as possible and as many bars and watering holes as possible as well. Uh, must be 21 or old to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. We got a new team in town, Matt, as the Premier Lacrosse League, which we cover in depth over at Outside the Box, obviously uh, has assigned their eight teams to home cities for the first time, and uh, more than likely sharing residence with the Philadelphia Union at Subaru Park will be the Philadelphia Water Dogs. Interesting.
1: Um, so PLL was like it would; they would go to cities and have like the
0: tournaments there, They're which there they now. still will be. But now um, there's like a home. But now there's a home base aspect to it, and the the future plan is to obviously, um, you know, have more teams in the league, be able to host, uh, you know, teams in those cities more often than not. But the tour base model is still working uh so all t- uh eight teams will travel and when they are in a city that has a team that home city will then play a double header uh that weekend to kind of you know bring the fans out and have them uh on display in their home city um so the tour based model is still sticking around which i think is very smart help bring the sport to the people rather than the people to the sport um but the Water Dogs uh, get get Philadelphia, which is exciting to have uh, the team in our backyard. We have a ton of connections uh, with that team, oddly enough. Uh, Outside the Box did the first ever interview with their head coach Andy Copeland uh, as soon as he got hired. Uh, so he has been a big time supporter of everything we do here at Underground Sports, and uh, we're working to get him on Outside the Box again. He's uh, been a recurring guest and working to get him on this show as well to integrate him with just the the fans of philadelphia and the face of the franchise is from montgomery county michael sowers and he's got the biggest hoagie mouth accent and it's amazing um but i know there's a player on this team that you're gonna like matt uh because his name is kieran mccardle he's from new york and he is a second grade history teacher for his nine to five job respect um I do like purple. You know like purple as a, a team color is uh
1: is interesting. Not many teams get to claim that, so mm-hmm. um I do like like purple gray, purple black. I think that's nice. Are is that the same color that they had? I thought they were different.
0: They were purple. They they changed the dog logo right. that they once were. It used to be a bulldog with a stick in the mouth. Uh they switched the dog to a Great Dane which I learned from the rebrand is the state dog of Pennsylvania. I'm going to be totally honest. I didn't know that states had state dogs. Yeah, I knew there were state Jedi. birds. I did
1: not know. State bird in Jersey is a goldfinch. Look at that. So that's the only one I know. Well, Animal 101. Top of, my, top of my head, to be honest. Yeah, I
0: had no so. idea that there was a state dog of Pennsylvania, but it is the Great Dane. Um, so they, they switched the dog. New Jersey's state dog is Shih Tzu. <laughs> that a would Yorkie. Be a Yorkie really does kind of yeah. sum
1: up New Jersey, um, if I'm being honest. New Jersey state dog Okay I don't know that you're allowed to do this The seeing eye dog is the state dog No (laughs) way Governor Phil Murphy signed legislation That officially designated the seeing eye dog As the state dog of New Jersey What That seems a little ableist Okay so there's Not every state has one Okay Um, in fact, like, very Very few few. do. Uh, yeah, so is the Great Dane. Um, okay, we're not the only state that did this, uh, I believe this is Delaware is rescue dogs. They just said rescue dogs. (laughs) Rescue dogs are the state dog.
0: Paw Patrol, the official state dog of Delaware. So
1: at least we weren't the first to do this. Um... Alaska is the Alaskan Malamute, so they got... They got that right. Yeah, they got that going. Uh, Massachusetts, no, New Hampshire. Wait, it's hard to tell on the screen. Yeah, ma- I was going to say, there's, it would have been really funny if New Hampshire had claimed Boston Terrier, but it's <laughs> Massachusetts got a Boston Terrier. I mean, it had to be, right? Yeah. But, um, and Maryland has Chesapeake Bay Retriever. So some of these, someone's, someone's doing some good work at least, but yeah, not every state has them. Interesting. And now New Jersey has seeing eye dogs, which I mean, listen, if you're
0: going to claim a group of dogs, hey, you know, I'll take it. We we are all encompassing. Um, but yeah, the, the collar on the Water Dogs logo is in the shape of like the Keystone logo as well. Um, and then the secondary logo is a purple paw print with cursive script, just dogs. Um, but... It, more than likely, it seems like they'll be sharing residency at Subaru Park. Okay, so apparently New Jersey is
1: the oldest guide dog school in the United States, which is called like the Seeing Eye. So like, I think the Seeing Eye Dog was like started in New Jersey. That yeah, makes sense. Which makes... Okay. Um, <laughs> makes a little more sense. <laughs> right. That's... Okay. That's a little better. That makes a, a little more sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy that that is a part of New Jersey history. There you go. We gave you Bagels and Bruce Springsteen and Seeing Eye Dogs. Leave us alone. You're welcome for snook And too. Sopranos.
0: <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I love the uh, the explanation from Paul Rabel on why Philadelphia got the water dogs. They play right on the water with the Delaware River right there, right off the uh, Subaru Park. Um, and, you know, Philadelphia's made up of underdogs and – they won a championship in 2022 at Subaru Park, played for a championship last year at Subaru Park as well, fell short. So fitting the the narrative of recent Philadelphia sports successes, you know, getting to the mountaintop, but not placing the flag at the mountaintop and finishing second. Um, but yeah, very fun team. There's there's a lot of guys that uh, I think are going to fit really well in this city. And I the big part of the home city initiative too for the PLL is to have these players in the communities and help grow the sport, uh, in these home markets and, you know, be interactive in, in schools and in the communities and stuff like that. And help really, uh, get the sport in front of, you know, the next generation and with the Olympics coming up in 2028 and lacrosse officially being recognized as an Olympic sport. I think that's another huge portion of this, um, And we're going to conference play as well in the PLL now as well. So it's eight teams, four teams in each conference, and the East is the most toxic thing you could ever think of. It's Philadelphia, Boston, New York, and then Maryland, uh, with the first uh, champion of the PLL ever being the Whipsnakes, led by Philadelphia's own Matt Rambo. They won the first two titles there in the East, and then the West is the California Redwoods, Uh, the Utah archers who are the defending champs with a ton of Philadelphia connections on that roster as well. Uh, the Carolina chaos and the Denver outlaws are now back, which Dom was not too happy about because they are replacing his beloved, uh, Chrome lacrosse club. They, uh, are now being replaced with the Denver outlaws, a former MLL team, um, and the explanation for the Carolina chaos being in the West from Paul Rabel was the Charlotte Hornets were in the Western Conference in the NBA for a long time. And then for the longest time, the UNC Tar Heels were the furthest team West to uh, beat national champions in college lacrosse.
1: Huh. Wow.
0: Yeah. it's. Uh, so I'm assuming they're keeping like all the team's history too. Like, if, Yeah. Right. So each team, you know, so Philadelphia has another championship in the rafters from 2022 with the dogs. and We'll take it. We'll We'll take take it. it. And in 2022, that team hilariously, you know, fits the bill of Philadelphia. They uh, sent the rookies out the the day of the championship to use the Wawa gift cards that were given to them uh, in their, you know, gift bags for making the championship. And they went out and bought uh, cartons of cigarettes. And when they won the championship, they were smoking cigarettes in the locker room, which was just... Sometimes you just got a heater. Hilarious. Smoking Bernies uh, in the locker room. Um, I'm going to show you one player that I think you're going to say, yep, he's a Philadelphia athlete. Um, This is one of DJ's favorite players because he went to the University of Michigan. Uh, Mikey Schlosser looks straight at Delco. I have seen him um, in Northern Liberties before, I'm sure of it. Great dude. Uh, he was one of the iconic photos of uh, the cigarettes in the locker room. And the goalie for the Water Dogs is Team Canada's goalie as well, Dylan Ward. Um, so a lot of fun guys on this roster that I think Philadelphia will be able to get behind. And the hype video, whoever from the PLL made the Philadelphia one, Bravo to you. It was the best one. Dreams and Nightmares included. Jason Kelsey's Hungry Dogs Run Faster. Uh the Unlike Agalore guy made the cut. Uh the Two Years Varsity. <laughs> um we had the the Phillies fan screaming said. Yeah. Um we had It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And uh I even think, you know, the Philadelphia skateboarding scene made the cut mm-hmm. and, and just a whole bunch of iconic philadelphia moments um made it in so welcome to philadelphia to the water dogs um gonna be fun to have them in town and uh being part of the community and 2022's championship now goes in philadelphia's rafters
1: very nice we'll we'll take it any way it comes don't care
0: so there it is uh make sure you guys are following us on the socials at underground phi Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook.com/slash Underground Sports PHI. Uh, also, best of luck to the Fighting Clan of Vineland. Have one more game before the big game on Thursday night, uh, as they'll be hosting the school formerly known as Woodrow Wilson, uh, now Camden East Side, uh, at Catone Stadium for one final postseason game uh, scheduled up to uh, get ready for the big one against Millville on Turkey Day. Um, but follow us on the socials, follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Cassarina. follow me at KBIZZL311, subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. We are at 631 subscribers as of this recording, let's get to 650 before Thanksgiving uh be sure to get your merch phiapparel.co code underground for 10 percent off your order and of course this podcast is presented by the city of vineland and whether you're a company looking to expand relocate or you're a new business startup selecting the right location is critical to your success vineland new jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's Economic Development Department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process, and their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856 794 Finally, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21, Security Systems, and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. It's been episode number 586 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. We'll catch you guys uh, on the next one. But until then, we are getting the heck up out of here, and we are signing off. Peace.